Hello everyone, welcome back to the Shintaro Higashi Show with Peter Yu. Today I'm going to do something a little bit different. This is a conversation I had with Brian Glick about bridging the gap between Judo and Jiu-Jitsu. Brian Glick is a John Donaher black belt, one of the first ever, I think he was one of the two uh, people first Donaher black belts. He's amazing, he teaches me Jiu-Jitsu. And uh, yeah, hope you guys enjoy. Let me know if you guys have any questions. Bye. Well, Sensei, thank you for being here in this kind of like a weird podcast situation now i have a question yes uh not really for me you know because i'm an expert you know and i'm sure you don't have any questions because you've mastered all everything stopped asking questions years ago yeah <laughs> but i was thinking more so for the viewers is we're going to do a collaborative thing right. where we're doing a bridging the gap situation right because you have a heavy jiu-jitsu background and i have a heavy judo background right so we're going to try to bridge that gap and i learned jiu-jitsu from you and then you learn judo from me so like if you have any advice for judo guys to do jiu-jitsu or jiu-jitsu guys to do judo like what would that sort of be? For both people, it's important to let go a little bit of what you're already doing. Mm -hmm. What you are doing may work and it may be working really well, actually. But if you hold on to that for too long in a different context, it can, it can prevent learning something new, especially something that's adjacent to what you already know. And when I think about this, and people ask me about, you know, doing judo. Sometimes they feel, they, they wonder if they should go like headlong into judo and start at the very beginning or if they should do something that's more adaptive, which was kind of my path. You know, yeah. my path to, to judo was much more uh, adapting judo as I was taught to jujitsu, which was my teacher's mentality. That was how I was taught. Yeah. Um, and then it was always with a jujitsu mindset that he and I would do uh, like judo techniques at the beginning, you know, when we were yes. first, when I was first learning. Yeah. And then from there, I expanded to learn more like from you and from uh, Taimak and, um, you know, to be able to understand like what are the real kind of core mechanics, why judo yeah. works, like what's, what's a good osotogari look like? What's a formal orthodox osotogari look like? So I think it, some of it depends on what the goal is for a judo person coming to learn jujitsu, whether you want to can, like improve elements of your nawaza that you're already doing, mm. or if you want to really start to integrate new pieces of yes. groundwork into your, your judo. So it's I think it's very it, important to distinguish those. It things. is. Yeah, it is. Right. It to. is. Yeah, you have yeah. to. You have to. Because if, if what you want to do is like improve your German strangle, mm. you know, yeah. um, you may find some information from jujitsu that imp that can give you technical details that you hadn't seen or entries or variations or mechanics that you hadn't seen before and then you take that and you say oh you know what i can put this into what i'm already doing yeah and then there's another mindset that says well you know i i can do the standard things i can do you know the clock choke i can do british strangle german strangle jujigatami but i want to be able to do uh kimura Mm. Or I want to be able, I want to understand a little more about everybody's talking about Ashigarami. I want to be able yeah, to do Ashigarami. like a little more with the legs. Yeah. So that would be a different mindset because you would want to come in and you would want to say, okay, you know, I'm here to learn the jujitsu way of doing things. I'm going to put my judo stuff aside. Yeah. So the more you can do that, I think the more access you'll have. And then the work as a student for the person who is coming in yeah. is to, is to synthesize those. Yes. You yes. know, yeah. like you won't, I think it will be rare to find a teacher who can synthesize both of those because they tend to be very distinct just because of like rule sets. And we've yes. talked about that. Yes. Yeah. So the synthesis often will have, have to happen through you. You'll have to do that synthesis yeah. yourself through, through your, uh, your, your training with judo and jujitsu. 
So because yeah. I hear a lot of questions like, hey, can you do this in judo? It's like, yes and no. If you do an Olympic judo, IJF competition circuit, can you go for a leg lock? No, you cannot. But if you're trying to come in here and be a straight up grappler and you're doing judo for martial reasons, then yeah, why not? You know, if you have a willing opponent, you know, we have Joe Coker over there. He's a jiu-jitsu brown belt and a karate black belt and he wants to do something cool that's not specific to sport judo, then God bless you, right? You could do it with me or that guy and if there's a mutual agreement and it's safe, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. 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 I think the, the challenge that sometimes people face, not everybody, but depending on your agent stage, is to be at a certain level in jujitsu or a certain level in judo and then come in and um, come into a different environment yeah. and do what you've always done in that environment. Yeah. And it, it doesn't usually blend too well. Mm-hmm. You know, it's always yeah. a little better, you know, to do, you know, when in Rome, yes. you know, to take that kind of approach. Yeah. So if you are someone who, wa- who is a judoka who wants to do jujitsu, I think you should 100%. And I think you need to find the right place to do it. And I think you need to have the right mindset. You need to understand what your goals are, what you're trying to accomplish, um, what you want the end result to be. Do you want to have uh, stronger versions of what you already have? Or do you want to expand your understanding? Or do you yeah. want to dig a little more deeper into yeah. the waza? And probably it would be the same for a jiu-jitsu guy who wants to do judo, right? Yes. Kind of their goals yeah. need to be need Absolutely. clearly defined. Yeah. I mean, so here's an example. Like, it's very specific to me, right? I wrestled in high school and college. And a lot of the times in competition, I'll try to double down and do judo and wrestling. And if I was doing judo back in the day with leg grabs a lot, I would do a lot of wrestling and judo in competition, right? But sometimes when I'm in a wrestling room, I'm trying to drill techniques that won't work in judo, but that's specific to wrestling, just to kind of expand on that. So like I would have times where I would work on this, times where I would double down on that. And I think you kind of have to have a shift in between both. And I think it goes the same way when we do judo and niwaza, or yeah. judo and jiu-jitsu, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And then the other thing that I'll say is that unless you are a full-time competitive athlete, mm. you'll have limited time yes. to dedicate to a practice of martial arts in general. Mm. You have other obligations. So there's nothing wrong with that. And actually it's great. It's great to have it, you know, to be a kind of recreational practitioner. Um, and you can still be diving pretty deep into this stuff. Mm. What I'll say is, if it's your specific goal to learn the judo curriculum, as you say, you know, if you start in jujitsu, you're a purple belt or you're a blue belt, and yeah. it's your goal to learn the judo curriculum from A to B, mm-hmm. uh, from A to Z, and you want to start with Osodagari and you go all the way through and you learn, yeah. then that is a very specific, clear goal. And maybe your goal is to be a judo black belt or yeah. to work at a certain level. But if it's not, and if it's just to kind of gather enough information to feel like you're competent and comfortable, just be real clear, I think, about that. Yeah. You know, that's that's what you're trying to do. And you can tailor your approach to that. There may mm. be some things that you will learn that you'll never do. Like a lot of times I, I, someone had um, – people had asked me this question. They were like, how do you figure out what you're going to focus on? Mm. Like if you're in a Rendori session or you're in a sparring session, like how do you pick the two or three things that you, you should be working on so you're not – yeah. Looking at everything. That's so, a good question. Yeah. I mean, yeah. My, my answer is you have to be able to, uh, like, you, you have to streamline your choices so they make sense for you. Yeah. Like, I'm never going to have uh, an awesome Osodagari. You know? Like, I'm never going to have about that. Well, I mean, but like, have a pretty good Osodagari. Well, but I'm never, <laughs> never going to dedicate the time to be able to have, like, a reliable blast Osodagari where I'm just yeah. going to be able to smash through people where I can count on it as a technique. Mm. 
Yoko Tomoe, on the other hand, yeah. like I feel pretty confident that I could do that enough to to, to feel comfortable. Um, if it, anybody in the world with it. Yeah, exactly. Um, I could get to a, I could integrate that a little bit more than I could if I were starting from zero and trying to go to. Yeah. So do you feel the same way? Would you? Yeah. Like, I mean, there's a lot of synergy between Tomonage and Yurunewaza, right? Because you play the Inside Ashi series, you yeah. know, Delhi and stuff. You go right into it if yeah. the Tomonage, you know, quote unquote fail. It's right. not really a failure, right? Because if the goal of your Tomonage is to take the person down or transition into Newaza, you've already succeeded by going for it, period. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So, yeah, some techniques are better than others. Yeah. You know, uh, you like Tomonage and, you know, if you want to learn a Soto from a Judo guy, that person may not have had any Jiu-Jitsu experience. So it's like, oh, how does this work against these Jiu-Jitsu defenses? And then they might not even have the answer to that. So that's a very uh, insightful thing. Yes. And for we've talked about this also for Judo people doing Jiu-Jitsu, mm -hmm. that you may not want to... Um, like, you know, you may not, it may not be important for you to learn, uh, you know, a, a specific pass or for you to learn a certain attack because it will never surface yes. in your nawaza. Yeah. Like just, even if you forced it, even if you pushed it, it just, yeah. the, the person just wouldn't, wouldn't give it up. Yes. Um, yeah. So do you feel like people who are doing judo, people who are doing jujitsu, should stay away from things that don't apply, or do you feel like they they can take a little bit of creative license? And I think uh, they should take the you know that I took in wrestling. Right. It's like sometimes you have to double down on your nawaza. And in judo, guys going into jujitsu, like, and I ask you about this stuff all the time. Attacking the back, right? right? And in judo specifically, you want to turn the person to pin them, but that never happens in jujitsu. Right? Because there's no point. The back taking the back and being there is superior to being in side control. Mm. Right? Is that right? Yes. Yeah, yeah it is. Right? That's, that's my intuition. Yeah, yeah. So there's no reason for it, so no one will go for it. Right. So like if I came out and asked you, like, hey, how do I turn somebody over when they're on the back and on the stomach and turtle and then pin them go to side control? <laughs> it's like you'd be like, why? That's dumb, right? And so like that would be something that I wouldn't really Double down. I do that specifically in judo and I work on that in judo. Mm -hmm. But like that back attack position, attacking the arm and the neck sort of simultaneously, that's very, very valuable. And that there's a big gap there still in judo that can be filled through jujitsu, right? right? So like that's where I'd want to sort of double down on. Yeah, know? that's great. That's yeah. great. And I think the other thing, the only other thing we didn't talk about, which I think is also important to mention is that a lot of stuff, you know, there are direct correlations between what you're doing what you're learning, what you're practicing, and then what you'll use in a rendori or a you know, sparring situation or self-defense even mm. if, you're, if that's your goal. But there is a lot that is developmental in the learning of new things. And for many people, it's the act of learning something or yeah. it's, it's, the, um, it's the elements that are included in learning something new that feed back into what yes. they're already doing. So, yeah. you know, again, like I may not ever have an amazing Osodagari that I can, I can throw black belts with. You do though. You do though. <laughs> <laughs> I may or may not ever have that, but learning, like going through the process of learning how to do that Osodagari, yeah. I may learn something very valuable in the process, even mm -hmm. if the outcome, like even if the end result is not yeah. like frameable. Yes. You know, like I'm not going to take a picture of myself and put it yeah. up on my wall. Like what I have to do in order to be able to learn that sort of Osodagari yeah. may translate into something else. And I'll give you like, I'll give you an example. Um, the Barambolo in Jiu-Jitsu is very popular. 
And it used to be seen as this outlier technique where it was, you know, only for advanced people and you had to be like super flexible. Yeah. But it's come a little bit more into the mainstream now and more and more people are able to do it. Now, not everybody can use it to take the back and not everybody can use it very well, but it teaches a very important skill. It teaches the skill of being able to invert up onto your shoulders mm. and it teaches you to manage when somebody's weight is on you yes. and you're underneath. Yes. And that's just, that's just a really valuable skill. It's valuable for guard retention. Um, it's valuable understanding the, the opposite. So like where your body needs to be if you are, um, if you're on the top position rather than mm. underneath somebody. And all of that stuff is really critical. You may never use a barambola. Yeah. But being able to monitor your position and know where your body is, it's like you have this kinesthetic understanding yeah. that translates. So I think it's it's a natural affinity to do judo and jiu-jitsu. It makes sense regardless of what Definitely. your goals are. Yeah. And today when you were teaching that, you know, you came and taught us uh, the De La Hiva series, go on and try to take the back. And then the interplay between that, the barambola, and the tomoinage, right? And then it's like, oh man, and like, you know, I learned those three pieces together and I can't do independently each of those things well, but like messing around, attacking here and going here and attacking there. And then looping that back to my judo, it's like, okay, I go to Tomonage. In this specific setting, I could go into Daiva and then I could enter this three-part approach. Like that's really valuable, yeah. you know? So like uh, without even knowing it, right? It was able to be tied back to my knowledge base, you know? saying nice things about myself but like that was pretty nice yeah, like, it was that. like this moment of like oh shoot and that shows how good of a teacher you are right because yeah. you integrated so you knew that i do this thing and then right do you have something like that in judo like what is your most valuable thing that you've picked up in the judo probably in like the last year or so because we've been working for a little while yeah well i mean one of the things that i've gained confidence in with you is uh Turn throws and dropping underneath. So we did we did a series of like a reverse kataguruma, mm. uh, reverse uh, seoi yeah. kind of position where we used an outside, we used moving to the outside mm. to be able to drop underneath. And then for me personally, I've never felt comfortable with drop throws. Yeah. Like I've never felt comfortable turning underneath somebody. And then for like standard sinagi throws and these sorts of things where my like I turn my back. Yeah. That was always, as I was learning my, you know, judo filtered through jujitsu through, through Danaher, I was never, we, we never did throws that put us in positions where we were exposing our back. There were yeah. some like Taitoshi, we would do a little bit, yeah. um, but even those were less risky than like a drop throw, almost never. Yeah. And so we start, when we started doing some of these variations, like the mm. standard I would never do. But yeah. the variations where we're on the outside of the arm, I feel yeah. a lot more comfortable doing it. Mm -hmm. And so what I'll say is that, you know, for me, we started doing that and then we began integrating it into things that were a little bit more jujitsu based, right? There's yeah. a video, there's a video which we can link to um, where, where we were doing collar drags into this oh, yeah, uh, that's right. uh, reverse sailing. And so that's an example of something that I feel totally comfortable mm -hmm. with, collar drag. Yeah. With something that I don't feel that comfortable with. That's a this this reverse yeah. uh, kataguruma. But I felt like I was able to gain confidence because your your instruction was was so clear. No. That's number one. Number two, we approached it from a place that made sense for me as a jujitsu mm -hmm. practitioner. You know, like yeah. it's not something you might show somebody on their first day in judo, yeah. but like 
my needs are different than that person's needs. Yeah. And so I think I understand what my needs are. I think as, as an instructor, you understand what my needs are. So we were able to get to this thing. I was like, oh yeah, this makes sense. Yeah. This makes sense. Um, so definitely getting more comfortable with dropping underneath mm. and creating an angle to be able to do that yes. was a real, it was a confidence booster. And then it was also a game changer yeah. in terms of like directions for my standing. That's awesome. He's so happy. Yeah. Because sometimes you throw everything in the kitchen sink, right? And it's like, some of it doesn't stay. Right. You know, like some of the jiu-jitsu stuff is like, man, I just never can get it. I have these short, stubby legs. Right. Like it's like horrible for me to yeah. do. Yeah. You know, you're, you're kind of the opposite body type of me, mm-hmm. right? But some things it's like, oh, right? Yeah. So I guess that's one of those things. Yeah. Right? And then so. for you, we had that experience today, right? Like there's some yeah. stuff like there was, you want to tell everybody, like there were two things, right? One of them, one of them was the Delahiva, this like back tape, which totally like was not applicable. No, yeah, but especially then, the long base out like this. Like, I yeah. can't reach my legs to the other side no matter right. what. Right. I just have these short legs. Right. So it doesn't apply. I'm not but, flexible. Yeah. But then we get to something that does apply. Yeah. You were saying that. The, yeah. Samoa yes, and yes. Durambolo and those sorts of things. Like, yeah. What's something in the last year that you've, like, you feel like you've taken on a little bit more? You know, one thing that you said to me, it was something that you said to me specific uh, that was kind of like, oh, you know, like, it kind of hurt my feelings a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> it's like don't be so monodirectional right because i'm always coming at you face forward and you know i try not to be a spaz right but it's like i have that judo mindset of like pressure pressure forward forward because i'm a short stocky guy and i'm very explosive so like i like playing that and i try to tone it down always but it's like i started and when i get into that mindset it's very difficult for me to get out of yeah. so you said don't be so monodirectional like come forward and then go back and i said oh, i don't really like the feeling of retreating and then you said, it's not retreating, right? It's a strategical thing. Like you, by going backwards, you kind of, right? Trying to create angles and flanking. It's like, oh. And so like, that's something that I kind of like hold on to almost like a mantra, mm-hmm. you know, like don't be so monodirectional, you know? And it's like, I tell myself I'm pretty good at all this stuff, right? Yeah, you are. But, you know, it's like, oh, I'm being monodirectional because I have blind spots too. Right. So like, that's something that I really hold on to. Right. You know, and uh, you're very good at like alternating between like, uh, pressure and then you know floating and coming back and then playing back here and you can play from all the different angles and your misdirection game is so clean it's like that's i try i strive to emulate that but it's difficult my body type too yeah you know so uh the ideas that i get when i work out with you that's like that's a big thing for me you know and uh that monodirectional thing that's still something that i'm trying to like work on because i know i have a tendency for that and like you said in judo you know, the risks of going for something are pretty high because you get countered, you get thrown on your head. So you figure some things that you're very good at in judo, like I'm very good at ochi sotatai, which you might have right first, right dominant position, gripping, force that all day, all night. I can throw anybody with it, just refine that, refine that, pressure forward, 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 right? And I'm trying to break through that mindset. Yeah. yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, definitely. definitely. Right. It does, it does, it does. Yeah. It's a good match. Again, it's a good match, you know? there's a. I think there's a balance between... Uh, like fitting uh, fitting something into a specific slot, mm-hmm. you know, like making something fit. There's a big value to that. Yeah. And in, in everything too, in jujitsu too, in judo and wrestling, there's a value to having something that you're good at, having mm-hmm. something where you're, you're moving everything in that direction, yeah. funneling everything that way. Yeah. And then on the other side, there's a virtue to having, uh, being able to work with what you have in front mm-hmm. of you. And I think that that balance is important. And I think hopefully, you know, our goal with this collaboration is going to be to give a little bit of both of those things, yeah. to be able to funnel things properly, to give a clear direction for what people want to do, but then also to be able to have enough 
have enough of a broad view yeah. so people can feel comfortable and confident to go like to take what's in front of them and work yeah. with that. So that's going to be, that's going to be one of our goals mm. for this, uh, this collaboration. It's exciting. Yeah. We're both excited about it. So. We should have a couple of like hashtags, you know, like, okay, uh, yeah. like a soda guys don't work <laughs> or never do turn throws ever again. Yeah. I would support something that. Like that yeah, right? yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, I would definitely. What that. would be the jujitsu version of that? Uh, yeah. I mean, turn throws, turn throws don't work. I yeah, Tundo, that's a good yeah, one. Yeah. Right? Um, How about Jiu-Jitsu is only Nawaza, Judo Nawaza? How about that one? <laughs> yeah, that's good. Is that one BJJ is Judo Nawaza? <laughs> I mean, uh, uh, that pisses off a lot of people. Yeah, great. Yeah, a lot of views, though. Okay, a good. Views, good. A lot of clicking, a lot of Let's do comments. It. Let's right? do it. We'll come up with a good one. And then yeah, we'll, yeah. Yeah, we'll put it in the... Put it Baron Bolo, those don't work. I don't know. Something. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. yeah. We'll keep it interesting. Right? Judo Baron Bolo. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, uh, yeah, that'll be interesting. All right, so we're going to do this thing. It's yep. Bridging the Gap. It's going to be judo for jiu-jitsu guys and jiu-jitsu for judo guys in a very collaborative way, right? right? And, uh, you know, I did a little jiu-jitsu. You did a little judo. I did a lot of judo. You did a lot of jiu-jitsu. So it's going to be kind of a nice thing. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And we're going, to, we're going to talk about some concepts. We're going to talk about some principles. We're going to talk about some situations where, you know, that you found yourself in, that I found myself in, where we need a little bit more of the other person's stuff mm, and then we'll build definitely. out of that and yeah. then um we'll show some techniques in the in there as well and it'll be a good time i'm probably gonna put this on the podcast too yeah, actually a podcast situation do it great right? yeah, yeah. i'll put it on there you can listen to it it'll be fun put it on my youtube the video part you can watch it make comments but right? if you guys have any questions ideas we haven't filmed it yet right, right. So yeah yeah it's, it's in the works right yeah it's, it's planning stages planning stages we're gonna right. probably film in the next few weeks was it May 19th or something now? Yep. I mean, like by June 1st, it'll be done. That's the goal. Yeah. It'll be out there by mid-June. That's the plan. Yeah. Hopefully this video makes it out there, you know, within the next week or so. So, right? People could still kind of chime in and give their two cents. Yeah. You know? we'll, yeah we'll How does the backspinning yeah. kick fit into all this? You know, yeah. yeah, like yeah. We'll, we'll use an appropriate filter for people's yeah. suggestions. Yeah. Yeah. Good. Thank okay, you very great. much. We'll, thank, we'll, you. thank you. Thank you. Thank you.